Welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. Show notes can be found at knittingontherun.podbean.com. You can find me online on Ravelry and Instagram as Windswept Monique, on Twitter as Windswept Knits, on Facebook as Windswept Designs, and I'd love for you to join our Ravelry group. You can also email me, podcast at windswept-designs-online.com. Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. Today is Friday, July 14th, and this is episode 16. Thank you very much, all of you, for your patience and me getting this episode out to you. I usually record on a Tuesday, and I was off last week, but then Tuesday morning, my eldest son, who's about five and a half, woke up with a raging fever, and as I mentioned before, family always comes first, so no episode Tuesday, but he's feeling much, much better now, and it's pretty much 100% back to normal, so I am recording this for you today. Segments this week include FOs, whips, stash, pattern stocking, out and about, on the run, and in the garden. And as always, this episode will be 30 minutes or less. Here we go. Thanks to my delayed recording schedule, I have two FOs to share with you. I finished the first one uh, Monday night, I believe it was, July 10th. I had to have it done by 11 p.m. Central Time on the 10th for the knit-along that I was participating in for the Knit Girls Super Summer Knit Together, which, side note, I will be attending next week. And I got it done, literally, just in time. I had three hours to spare. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's rained pretty much ever since then, and I knit this one in a cotton. So it's still a tiny bit damp. Um, I'm waiting for sun and less humid weather, and I'll actually stick it in the washing machine and then probably re-block it out and dry it out in the sun. I knit it in Nev by Juniper, Juniper Moon Farm. It is a chain ply cotton, so it's actually like a, a hollow tube. So the cotton is pretty lightweight, which is really nice. Um, and while it's called a worsted weight yarn, um, when you look it up, it can we do four and a half to five and a half stitches per inch. So I used it to work on my mummy's tunic pattern, which is usually calls for DK weight, but it's five and a half stitches per inch, so it, it worked out well. And it's coming out really nice because it's a tunic. And, you know, cotton can get a little heavy when you have a really long project. But I really enjoyed working with the Nev. Because it's chain ply, the whole project doesn't weigh that much. And when you put it on, it doesn't feel like you're, you know, sometimes a heavy, thick cotton sweater can feel like you're wearing battle armor. And this does not. I I'm definitely enjoyed it. And I would knit with Juniper Moon Farms Nev again. Plus, they have beautiful colors. And thanks to the delayed recording schedule, I finished my green hitchhiker shawl, which is the third shawl in my family of hitchhikers that I am working on for friends of our family. I knit this one up in Valley Yarns Greylock, which is 100% cashmere, and it's done! Yay! It's done! So the important thing is I've learned I can knit in cashmere, which is very exciting. I can knit for a maximum of about 20 to 30 minutes before my hands start to itch a little bit. I I am still allergic to cashmere, but I can knit with it enough that I can work on a project over time. So that is very exciting. With whips, I've got a couple of them. 
I was kind of worried I wouldn't have any whips because I spent our entire week away last week in Cape Cod working on the mummy's tunic because I needed to get it done for the cal, as I mentioned. But since I've been home the last few days and had some sick little boys to take care of, we've had a lot of sitting on the sofa and watching The Lion King and The Lion Guard and stuff like that. So I did some work on the purple hitchhiker shawl. This is my the last in my family of hitchhikers. I'm probably about 30% done. I've only gotten a few rows done on this one. I'm knitting this in Cascades Ultra Pima Fine in the periwinkle colorway. Uh, well, it says periwinkle. It's more of a royal purple. It's a really I picked it because it was purple. The the um, the gifty her favorite color is purple. So that's that's going coming along, and I should be getting a lot of work done on that in the next couple weeks. I hope, fingers crossed, so I can get all four of these hitchhikers out in the mail. I've done a bit of work on the Firebird Shawl by Romy Hill. I'm about halfway through chart two, and it's starting to be a little bit more lacy and a little bit more interesting. The I mean, not that you know the center isn't, but you, you start out and it's got a little bit more stockinette stitch on purpose. It's it's part of the pattern. Um, but you know when I'm knitting a lace shawl, I always love getting to the really pretty lace parts. I I love lace. I'm knitting this up in. Egyptian Mercerized Cotton, which is a lace weight cotton by Blue Heron Yarns, and I'm doing it in the Carnelian colorway. And yet again, just to talk about colors while it's called Carnelian, which to my mind, I envision more of an orangey red. This is more of a burgundy red. It goes from kind of a true red to a, uh, a dark color, and I don't really see the orange in there, but you know, to each his own. And my third whip for this week is something new that I cast on yesterday. I am doing another hitchhiker shawl <laughs> uh, for someone else this time. I'm cast this on in um, a lovely pink color, and this is going to be a new Christmas gift for my mother-in-law. I'm knitting this up in, in um, Kinu, which is 100% silk yarn by Ito, which is a Japanese yarn maker. I've worked on this before. Longtime listeners might remember me working on a shawl for one of my son's preschool teachers. I did the Lee Meredith shawl that was um, stripes and a lot of short rows shaping, and that was also knit in Itokinu. I really like this yarn. It's a gorgeous silk. It's very affordable. It's not shiny. It looks kind of more like a raw silk, but I find that makes it easier to work with because you're not gonna your 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 stitches don't slip off the needle, which is a problem I have with a, a finished fancier silk. Sometimes I would definitely recommend looking, you know, looking at, at the Ito Kinu for any laceway projects you have coming up. I really enjoy working with it again. On to stash, I should tell you where I got that yarn. We spent last week, the week of the 4th of July, uh, on Cape Cod. My mom and dad lived down there. It, my, you know, my grandparents were fishermen, or my grandfather was a fisherman on Cape Cod when he was younger, and it's, you know, family heritage down there. My mom and dad are in my grandparents' old cottage, so we get to go down and visit for the week, and we went to a great yarn in Chatham, Mass. I highly recommend this store. It's marvelous. It's a combination yarn and bookstore. I mean, seriously, can it get any better than that? It's marvelous, and the staff there are lovely and friendly and very helpful. I picked up the Itokinu there, which is 100% silk, and that is in the Hydrangea colorway which is a bright, rich pink that I think my mother-in-law will love. 
I also picked up a skein of Plymouth Yarns Diversity, which is a fingering weight, sock weight yarn. It's I'm not sure if Plymouth technically calls it a sock yarn, but I bought it to make socks for my boys. Whenever I see a sock yarn, basically, that's not wool, I try to snatch it up because everything is wool-based. And I know I'm in the minority, but I get really excited when I find things like sock weight yarn that's not, <laughs> not sheep-based. So this is a fun colorway. It's called Multi Blue Taupe but it's stripes of navy and aqua, orange, taupe, and white. So I'm gonna make matching socks for my boys for Christmas. And the last thing I picked up was an Acreworks stitch gauge. Yes, I actually own one, woohoo! And it's really just as amazing as the Nick Girls and all the other podcasters said it was, woohoo! I was actually hoping to track one down next week because I'm going to be in Tennessee and Acreworks is a Tennessee-based company. But I found one on Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Who would have thunk? So if you're on the Cape, head to a Great Yarn ASAP. They were expecting to sell out pretty quickly. They may already have sold out. I don't know. You might want to give them a call, but at least as of, I think it was July 5th or so, they still had some in stock. For pattern stocking. Oh, so many pretty patterns out there. I'm sort of planning out Christmas projects right now. Well, starting them. You heard me talk about the whips a few minutes ago. But I'm looking through my yarn stash. I need to de-stash. And there's yarn that I bought to make gifts for people before baby number two came along. So I think it's finally time to get some of those made up and get that yarn out of my stash. So I have a beautiful green yarn for my cousin's wife. I bought it especially for her. She loves green. And I think this colorway would look great on her with her dark hair. It's kind of a, it's called kale. It goes from a medium tone green to a very dark green, but kind of warm tone, but not super warm tones. It's kind of hard to describe, but I found, and it, oh, I should mention it's lace weight. And I found a pattern actually designed for green yarn called Emerald Deep by Romy Hill. I'm currently working on my first Romy Hill pattern and I'm already deeply in love with her design skills. That woman is amazing. Uh, amazing. If you like lace and you, for some reason you haven't done a Romy Hill pattern, you need to. So Emerald Deep by Romy Hill. It's really interesting. It has sort of the, you know, the feathery effect at the bottom that a lot of half circle shawls do to get the, um, like sort of the half circle shape, but it's also got an almost Celtic-y band across the middle of it, which is really neat that I thought would look spectacular in green. And especially since she married my cousin, who's half Irish, it would be a, a, just a great gift. So that's what I'm stocking right now. Haven't bought it yet, but I may be buying it soon. In Out and About, as I mentioned, we just got back from a week on Cape Cod, or at least when I wrote these show notes, we'd just gotten back from a week on Cape Cod. It's now been about a week since I've been home. We had Thing Two's birthday up there. He turned two years old. We had a little party with my parents and my aunt and uncle and my cousins came over and they have a new baby and we get to meet him finally. And we'd all been sick right after he was born. So we'd been avoiding them like the plague. So we get the whole family together and we get together and we went to the big parade in town for the 4th of July, which is so much fun. If you're ever on the Cape for the 4th of July, 
Chatham, Massachusetts does a beautiful, fun parade. It's great. You have to get there at the crack of dawn because all the roads downtown close, but it's totally worth it. You guys should definitely check it out. We go every year. And there's also something really fun, very family-friendly. This is the 85th anniversary of the Chatham Band. They have band concerts every Friday night from 4th of July weekend through Labor Day. I think Labor Day weekend is their last one, but they, with the exception of a couple years during World War II, they've been doing this every summer, unpaid. They gave up their weekends it's for 85 years. The quality is excellent. They do a wide range of songs, everything from, you know, 1930s and 1940s foxtrots all the way up to, let's see, Pharrell's Happy. And they do like to play Megan Trainer because she's a local gal. She, you know, she went to high school two towns north. But, you know, the YMCA is kind of typical time, you know, 1970s. They do a lot of that sort of music. But it's fun. It's family friendly. There's a kids section. There's a grown-up dancing section. You can get the kids up and about dancing for a few minutes to get the wiggles out. And they do a marvelous job. I highly recommend them. And the last really fun thing we did was my husband and I actually get out on a date night, which we have not done in months. So it was so much fun. The Maris Stella shawl that I mentioned for the past month or two, I knit that to wear on our date night. And I actually did get to wear it. It was a little chilly by the time we left the restaurant. So I finally got to wear it and got some compliments. It was beautiful. And it was so nice to go out on a date night and go to a restaurant that had a wait and actually be able to wait for the wait. We went somewhere that we knew was going to have a long wait. It's a very popular, it's basically um, an overgrown clam shack. It's called the Beachcomber up on Cape Cod. And it's inside the National Seashore. The restaurant was there before uh, the National Seashore was designated by President Kennedy, but they've been grandfathered in. So there's, there can be quite a line trying to get in, but the seafood is marvelous. So we went, and it was a 90-minute wait. And we thought, you know what? We don't have kids. We can wait 90 minutes. Sure, why not? So the beachcomber is up on a bluff above the, the top of the dunes, basically. And there is sort of a, a sand ramp down to the beach. I mean, you're, you're probably 40 feet up. You're pretty high up there. So we si decided, well, we've got you know, let's go kill an hour. And I was smart. I had brought my newest pattern with me. I hadn't taken photographs yet, but I brought this, the linen sweaters that I've been working on last spring. I think I mentioned them back in March or so when I was finishing them up. So I brought them both with me and we got some beautiful pictures in, on the beach, under the bluff, um, at sunset, some gorgeous lighting there. And we got those pictures taken, which is perfect because I want to release the pattern this coming week. Side note, new pattern coming out. Yay, linen sweater. <laughs> um, I'll have more about that later. But uh, we just had a great time. My husband and I have been teaching him how to use my new photography app on my phone and how to get you know lighting and, and, and some aspects of photography. So we were playing around. He would take some pictures. I'd look them over, give him some pointers, and then we'd take some more pictures and we walked the beach for an hour and we just had a, a grand old time. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I love my kids more than anything. Just having some grown-up time is marvelous. For On the Run, I actually have exciting news for once. I ran. I actually went for a run, and it was today, and it was so exciting. I haven't been for a run. I was trying to figure it out. I think February was the last time I ran. 
might have been January before I hurt my knee. It's It's been months. So between hurting my knee and then getting bursitis in my foot, three months of physical therapy, which, you know, I wasn't expecting when I started the podcast. I thought I'd be talking about my progress back to running half marathons. Instead, you've been treated on progress in physical therapy, which I'm sure was not terribly interesting. But hey, you know, when life gives you lemons, as they say. But I ran today. I didn't do much. You know, I'm not stupid. I've coming back from injuries. So of course you start slow. I did run, walk, run 30 seconds, walk 90 seconds. And I'll probably do that another five, six, seven times until um, my body gets used to the various motions. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really careful. I don't want to get injured again. I want to be running. I want to go on those eight mile runs regularly. I want to sign up for a half marathon. So I'm being really careful about this, but I am giddy that I actually got to go for a run. Yay. So now I need to sign up for a 5k. <laughs> Those of you who are runners know what I mean. Just having that race, something to work towards, even if I walk the 5k, that's fine. But just having, having a goal in the distance helps me get my butt up and out the door. And our last segment, in the garden. We've been picking some lovely produce from the garden. Uh, we've gotten a ton of sugar snap peas and a bunch of gooseberries. The tomatoes are flourishing on the deck. Not quite ripe yet, but there's lots of fruit have been set, and our peppers are green and getting bigger. And one of them is starting to blush red, which is very exciting. We've had tons of fresh basil and mint and lemon balm, and the birds have pretty much ate all our blueberries while we were on Cape Cod, but that's okay. I forgot to net them. That was my own fault. We're looking to have a huge crop of wild blackberries. Uh, about two sides of our property are lined by wild blackberry bushes. And we've had so much rain. The berries are gigantic and plump and juicy, so I'm really looking forward to those. We also have a rather unusual addition to our garden. If any of you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen we have a frog on our deck. He's living inside one of my self-watering pots. We've had a ton of rain recently. It's been a very, very wet year. And somehow a frog climbed up a full flight of stairs and is living inside my self-watering planter. <laughs> Which I couldn't believe, and he scared the crap out of me. I went out my front door, took a left to go around. We have a wraparound porch that goes into a deck. And I was going to trim the corner heading to our grill, which goes, you have to walk right past this planter, and something in the planter moved, and I jumped a mile. <laughs> this particular planter, it's about two feet by maybe six or seven inches, and things don't usually move in it. <laughs> so I jumped and then took a closer look, and then took a couple pictures, and he's gotten used to me now. He'll hang out at the edge and watch me as I walk by. He's kind of getting used to me being there, although he does back up whenever the kids come out, which is probably a good thing for his safety. Well, that's it for today. I'm going to record next week's episode a day late on purpose. I'm going to try to record on Wednesday and get it out Wednesday because these two episodes are going to be so close together. I want to make sure to get it out next week, though, because Thursday morning at 5 a.m., I fly to Nashville, Tennessee for the Super Summer Knit Together, which I'm thoroughly looking forward to. Oh, I cannot wait. But as a result, I cannot push next week's recording any later. So you'll be hearing from me again in about five days or so, which is good because by then I will have released my new pattern, 
My new pattern is called Linen Butterflies. As I mentioned, it's um, a linen sweater. It's three-quarter length sleeve button-down cardigan, and I'll be putting it up. It's a lace cardigan, but it's very simple lace. You can memorize it in just a few rows. And it's a pattern I actually designed for my mom a couple years ago. And uh, the yarn was discontinued that I'd used back then. So I found a new yarn, and the samples are knit up in Louise Euroflax Sport, which is lovely yarn to work with. Linen can be a little bit hard on your hands while you're knitting, but when you wash and dry it in a, a washing machine and a, and a conventional dryer, the linen softens up so much and they are just a joy to wear. I love wearing linen sweaters. I'm highly biased, I know, but hey, you know, when I design stuff, I design stuff that I want to wear. So here we go. I'll be releasing it over the next few days, so keep an eye out for that pattern, and I will probably have a special discount code for my podcast listeners next week in case any of you are interested. And until then, keep something great on your needles for me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.